Hello, it's me, Rachel, and I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I hope that you are well and you are getting out and about this summer now that things are opening up, or at least in my area they are, and I'm very thankful. My family and I took a trip recently to Mackinac Island. So we took the boat, the ferry across Lake Michigan to Michigan, and then drove up to Mackinac Island for a few days. If you don't know what Mackinac Island is, definitely Google it. I know pictures probably won't justify, but I love this island. And I love it so much, I actually put it on my bucket list to live on this island for an extended amount of time. Maybe a week, maybe a month, who knows, but I just know I want to spend more time on the island. Maybe not in the summer, and definitely not in the winter. Mackinac Island is even north of where I live, so I can't really imagine winter life on the island. So I'm going to stick with spring or maybe my favorite fall, but I definitely want to get back there. But it's always good to be back home, and recently I've been working on my first monthly subscription box, which ships August 5th. Can you believe it? I feel like I've been talking about this box for so long, and it's shipping out soon. So if you don't know what it is, I'm super excited to share because I love to talk about it because it's taken me so long to get it up and running because I'm trying to make it as perfect as I can for you. But it's a subscription box that will be delivered to your door every other month. And inside will be seasonal um, miniatures that will range from DIY projects items to decorate the inside, outside of your dollhouse or mini scenes. And the coolest part, you also will contain sometimes creations from other featured artists from around the world. This has actually been my favorite part of the box because I've got to meet some really amazing people and I can't wait to share their, their creations with you. So as you know, miniatures can take a long time to make. That's why I'm having it every other month. And because they're handcrafted, I really have to limit the number of boxes being shipped out. So if you want yours, simply head over to minisubscriptionbox.com and get signed up. Super easy. Again, that's minisubscriptionbox.com. So enough about me and enough about the housekeeping stuff. Let's chat a little bit about today's episode. So I had the privilege of talking to Roy Moore, the president of NAME, which stands for the National Association of Miniatures Enthusiasts. Now you can see why they shortened it to NAME. <laughs> NAME is organized, was organized 50 years ago, if you can believe it, to serve the miniature collector and builder. And its objection of object, and the object, sorry, is to create and stimulate and maybe maintain a national interest in all that pertains to miniatures. So NAME is basically there to serve as a clearinghouse for ideas relating to miniature collecting and building, and to encourage new and creative talent. So I'm a new member of this group, and I'm loving it. There's, there's actually so much that I'm still learning, and I can't wait to go to one of their roundtables or their conventions in the near future, because I believe in... The next ones will be next year in, in 2022. But now that things are finally opening up, which is another topic that I have for another day, but I really want to do a few shows this year and maybe even next year. And I would love your feedback on which one I should attend. But again, we'll save that one for another episode another day. 
So you can find Name's website at miniatures.org. Also, while there, check out their logo that I just created for Name. It's for their 50th anniversary celebration, and I had so much fun creating this logo for them. If you can't find it there, you can also find it on my Instagram, as I just posted it today. And my handle on Instagram is at miniatures. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and as always... If you would, please share it with a friend. Let them have a listen also. And if you'd be so kind to please leave me a review. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on a future episode. So until next time, take care, and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I am just fine. Good. Let me adjust my volume here a little. Thank you so much for meeting with me today, Roy. No problem. Glad to do so. Oh, it's Florida. Oh, very nice. Very nice. We're low 80s, a little overcast today. Oh, we're finally going to hit 70 here in Wisconsin this weekend. So I'm excited. You guys are just going to, you know, you're entering the best time of year up there. I know. I know. I, I don't like really hot weather. So this is perfect. 70. I wish I could stay like this all year. <laughs> so to get started, um, first of all, I have so many questions, but... Can you tell us a little bit how you became the president of NAME, the National Association of Miniature Enthusiasts? Hey, you know, that's a that's a long story in itself. That could take up the whole uh, our whole session. <laughs> well, maybe Basically, the rundown version. Uh, you know, the very the very simple thing is that miniatures for me has always been um, following where my wife goes because she's an artist and a miniaturist and just extremely good. And I care deeply for her, so I support what she does and go where she does. And because I am not a miniatures myself, it gave me time to begin volunteering, doing some other things, which um, which I actually did before I retired. And uh, as I was ending my career, I was chief engineer for a firm that had 22 offices in the East region, which is essentially the Eastern time zone plus uh, Nashville. So I could travel to any of those offices anytime I wanted and just spend time there. And um, I was in Indianapolis and went by, uh, my wife was active in name and uh, I had also gotten involved in some things, but I went by the, the name office, which is an old Victorian house and it needed a lot of help on the outside. And I kind of like working in the, in the yard. So I uh, asked what I could do to help and I got a whole long list of plants to pull up and weeds to pull and that sort of thing. And I really, really enjoyed that. So I found myself spending more time in the Indianapolis office than any other because the office was only about 10 miles from Carmel where the, where the headquarters is. Mm -hmm. And so um, my story was really just a story of volunteering as much as anything. And uh, over time, as we traveled to conventions and house parties, and uh, uh, with Shannon's involvement, uh, her friends uh, became my friends just because I was there. And uh, that was that was kind of the way we got started. There were a lot of a uh, lot of men in name that were sort of like me and others who were miniatures themselves and traveled to shows. So um, not having a lot to do at these shows, myself and another fellow started the name Men's Garden Club. What's really became a hoot. We were, we were the largest club in name and probably still the second 
because uh, Mini Cyber Club has taken over the world. But we had a, we had a lot of fun with the garden thing, and and that that also uh, revolved around my volunteering, and actually volunteering at the house because 12 years ago the national convention was in Indianapolis, and because I've been volunteering around the house, I was asked if I would be chairman of a spruce up committee, and help the clean up and uh, work on the outside of the house, which I did. So a uh, lot of work in the, what was then the backyard that we were doing. And at the same time, a fellow of uh, the Columbus Miniature Society uh, with whom Dan Zirkel was involved, uh, raised about $1,000 to improve the landscaping around the house with the idea that we should really look nice for the national convention. Well, over the course of time, uh, uh, because I was working on the outside of the house and Dan was planting flowers, we got to talking and and uh, he said, uh, <clears throat> because you like to work outside, he says, we had to form a little club and we could take care of the garden. And it turns out he's a master gardener. And I like gardening, but I like uh, I like to interact with people more than not. So we decided we'd form a garden club, but I sort of flipped the deal on him when I announced it at the national convention. I said, this is going to be uh, the name men's garden club, but we're not going to do any work. <laughs> and uh, so we played with that idea that all of the fellows in the garden club couldn't do any work unless they were on a committee. Nice. So right away we formed a garden committee so that the four or five of us who wanted to help take care of the garden could. And then we also formed a social committee so we could meet in the bar at National. And we played with a lot of little things about that gardens club. And as a result, I became friends with uh, a lot of men. Almost every man in name eventually joined the name men's garden club. We were up to, I think, 180 members or something like that at one time. And all of those guys were either uh, either did miniatures or most of them were just married to a miniaturist and along for the ride. And every time we went to a convention or a, a you know a, yeah, a big convention in Chicago or Philadelphia or name, I would get a few more members of the Garden Club. And and um, what I wasn't realizing was that I was getting a lot of male friends, but also a lot of woman friends. We uh, we needed to take care of the garden and I would put out a little notice that uh, <clears throat> the garden needs fertilizing and uh, some of the ladies would send in a check, $50, $100, $10. So we had a little fun to help take care of that garden and my circle of friends continued to widen amongst the women and then uh, just sort of one thing led to another and uh, somebody uh, one time thought we, uh, that I would be a good one to run for treasurer. And uh, gosh, that's eight or 10 years ago. Said, okay, I've been, I've been doing some financial planning and stuff with, with one of my assignments. I ran for treasurer in name and I got my butt whipped. Bill Allen was running against me and he campaigned and, and I, uh, I just got trounced, even though I had these friends. He did a little campaigning and I didn't do any. But you know, the really good thing was that we had a, a very good treasure in Bill. And I learned a lesson that it's okay to lose. We don't have to win uh, everything we do to be of value uh, to name. And uh, so 
<clears throat> Shannon was um, at, at that time um, promoting uh, an online region, which is sort of what an event, event ultimately became the create side and through a number of steps. But um, so again, you know, the, her connections and my friendship just led to more stuff. And um, a continuing involvement, like working around the house and doing other volunteer things. And then I don't know, after several years, someone asked me if I, oh, I know what it was. <clears throat> we were at a convention that um, they hadn't planned for a, a dealers association meeting. Uh, most of the conventions, the, the main national convention in the summertime, they had an after uh, convention meeting on Friday or afternoon or Saturday afternoon with all the dealers gathered around. And um, for some reason, uh, the host of that convention, I won't even name it, decided that all the dealers ever did was complain. So I weren't going to have a meeting. So I organized a meeting and that was really my, my first move away from the garden club and actually organizing things. And because there were some, some really kind of negative things from the dealers going around, uh, before the meeting, I went around and I visited with all the dealers. And then at, uh, at the meeting, I sort of facilitated that and uh, things went pretty well and tempers came down and so on. And um, after that, Bruce Steinke, who had been uh, president of name before and was one of the dealers came to me and says, if you can talk like that, you need to get on the name board. And I says, yeah, Bruce, I only ran and I got defeated. And he says, no, you won't have to worry about it this time. You won't be defeated. So that's, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And that's how I first got uh, on the name board. And then it's just sort of progressed. Uh, uh, from there, I was, uh, you know, I was and enjoyed being the club liaison and my first assignment. And then, uh, geez, it was only two years and somebody says, well, we like you, somebody said. Now remember, there are 4,000 members in name and only takes one person to say something. Somebody says, you ought to run for the first vice president because you could be president in a couple of years. And we think we, I, one person, and I'm not gonna name that person. I uh, thought so, so I did. And this time, doggone them, I was unopposed, so I couldn't lose. <laughs> I thought that was so great. They had me all lined up. I was unopposed. And, and once you are in that first vice president position, uh, nobody runs against you. That's by the bylaws. So you automatically become president. Okay. So that's how I got, in a, in a way, a long story. But no, I uh, love it. that's how I got to be president of name. So then you're president for two years or four? Yeah, two years. Two. Okay. two years so I'm coming up on halfway already it's just amazing how fast how fast time goes and uh, we're... so your that... story about the house the Victorian house of the name so is that where the logo comes from then the, the... no they're, they're somewhat similar but that's not the, the logo at all uh, the house that we're in was purchased about 20 years ago and name is about 40 years old Okay. Name began its existence on the West Coast, and I'm not sure of the, the reason. I guess we could review some old gazettes and stuff, but eventually decided to move to the Midwest. I think maybe the person who was um, 
office manager or something at the time he had family in the Midwest and they decided that would be a good place to have our office. A lot, uh, at the time it was a lot uh, more economical. It also was central to the country. So if anybody wanted to travel there, uh, it was nice and it remains a good location. Poor old house needs some work, but. Uh, so people yes. actually like work in there every day? Like Yes, work? yes, oh. we have. Uh, uh, we have one full-time employee, Kim Ash, who uh, really runs the show for us. She's just amazing. Uh, she takes uh, almost every problem that comes along, she handles. And then we have another gal, Barb Delf, who is part-time, and she handles most of the membership, uh, most of the club stuff, I should say, not the membership. So if there are any changes in uh, uh, the club contact for uh, a name club, they uh, work that through uh, Barb and she gets it into the Gazette. And then actually a volunteer, I'll say a volunteer, it happens to be my wife, takes care of the club section on the main name, name website. So that's, that's kind of how that works. But yes, uh, Kim, is, Kim Ash is our office manager and she's, I'd say I, she's really more than full-time because she just really is, has the ability to work with people and uh, and get a lot done for us. So who takes care of the garden now? <laughs> who takes care of what? The garden. Well, uh, unfortunately I retired. So it's a 1200 mile drive or an airplane ride for me. Yeah. And we actually, we we actually hire a landscaper now to take care of the garden. Okay. And it's not, uh, and we've gone to a little bit more basic uh, modern type gardening. Uh, when Dan Zirkel was involved as, as their master gardener, he was very careful to select plants that it showed color all year round. And uh, they were, you know, the right kind of plants are planted on the north side of the house and, and all that. Well, what happened as we, as I retired, and some of the other guys that really worked on the garden uh, grew older and some have passed for that matter, dropped from name. We, we decided we would hire a landscaper and, um, and we're not even, um, I was able when I was, um, when I was chair of the men's garden club to raise money. And once I'm president, I have responsibility to raise money in a different way. So I don't use my leverage as president to raise money for the garden. We, we raise we work to our overall funding for name and, and get that out of the budget. And uh, we spend, you know, we spend quite a bit of money uh, because we're in, we're in a nice district. We want the place to look nice and professional. And uh, so anyone that's visiting that area, can you stop by the house and see it? Or is there really- Oh, abs <clears throat> absolutely. Um, one of the requirements in our name bylaws, one of the reasons we exist is uh, ed to, to provide educational services. Well, we do that through classes mm -hmm. uh, for one of the things and other opportunities, but we are required by our bylaws to maintain a museum. So we have a, uh, we do have a museum. It's not, um, it's not officially open to the public, but any name member can come and knock on the door and get in and see our collection. And in that collection, we have, um, we have um, souvenirs and centerpieces 
from all of the name uh, house parties and conventions. So there's quite a collection, quite a history there in the sense of what we've done um, with our events. We also have in name, I'm not sure how long you've been in. I know you love miniatures. We have the Academy of Honor in which each year um, the committee can select people, uh, members who they believe have been, provided the greatest service to name or have outstanding uh, artistic abilities. And for those with the outstanding artistic abilities, they usually, uh, as a result of being uh, nominated to the Academy, provide a sample of the work that they do. So we have some fabulous uh, furniture pieces and stuff of artists from uh, over the years. So we really actually have some very nice stuff. Uh, we just, um, we haven't attempted to proactively run the place as a museum because we would probably have to hire another full-time person and arrange for some volunteer docents and yeah. people to, to assist us in that. And we've uh, primarily just because of our financial situation, which is not bad, but we would, you know, we'd probably be talking another seventy, eighty $80,000 a year to make that museum more active. One of the sort of neat things is just down the street there, we do have, we don't, the miniature community has a really nice uh, miniature museum that's there in Carmel. Okay. So it's an attract, it definitely is an attraction on its own. And uh, that makes uh, going to Carmel to visit our office or see our gardens or do things kind of nice because there is a miniature museum right there in town, which is very nice. Road trip. I don't think I'm that far from there. So maybe that would be a good road trip. I would love to see that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about house parties and what they are? Well, um, house parties it used to be house parties was ever major event we had. Now house parties are uh, more localized, uh, generally by region instead of uh, the, the whole country. They were originally sort of intended to serve a region, but to provide uh, nearly all of the things that we would do in a convention, except for a business meeting. And then furthermore, they're short, they're uh, three or four days, depending on whether you count the, the um, classes that are taught and that sort of thing. But otherwise they're like a convention we, you know, we have a, a big welcoming ceremony. We have a committee of people that plan for two or three years ahead of time for all of the events to arrange for dealers and uh, all of the all of the events that go with the roundtables, the Thursday night classes, or Thursday night project, and uh, for dealers to be in the showroom and for exhibits to be arranged to attract uh, miniatures in the area to come. And originally house parties tended to be maybe by scale. We would have a, a, a small scale house party, which would focus mostly on quarter inch uh, stuff or might have uh, a house party that focused on one inch scale. And over time we decided that because there was a business meeting and it was a little bit bigger product that we would change the name of our national get together, which is usually in July, to a convention. Okay. And so that, the basic difference there between conventions and house parties 
conventions is the, the major time we get together for business in addition to having all the fun that people have at events. And then it's, it happens over a longer time. The, the, par, the House uh, the Convention uh, Committee that plans these events almost always starts three years ahead of time. And they're just a tremendous uh, level of effort goes into that planning to arrange for souvenirs, which everybody, uh, everybody gets for all of the meals for tours, for um, uh, evening functions, and uh, just a grand old party. And then every year it switches location? Or is it always yes, new? yes, we switch locations. We, now we're, um, we go back, some locations we go back to. We've been uh, several times. We may have been to Louisville uh, several times. We've been to Orlando, Florida a couple of times. We've been uh, to the West Coast. Uh, we've been to Seattle at least a couple of times, Anaheim a couple of times. And it sort of depends. Often uh, someone uh, will step up and say, oh, we want to have a, we think it'd be a great idea in four years to have a convention in, uh, oh, let's say St. Louis. And they're usually they're from St. Louis because they love the place and they think they'd like people to be there. So to go for a convention or to get approval to sponsor that thing, we have to have a, a and we'll say a qualified leader who becomes your house part of the convention chair. And then also in addition to that position, the operations chair, and that's a person who's responsible to see all of the physical happenings at, a, at an event go on. So those two key positions we, we ask for right up front and then those people in addition with uh, members of the board will come up with a, a committee to to get it all going so and how then, did, oh i'm sorry no no i'm not you I'm, no, I'm, I'm gonna just, stop and point there <laughs> i was just wondering how with covid are you still doing them or are they still no we we have not as a matter of fact as a matter of fact we will have missed house parties and conventions for two full years by the time we get back. Uh, we we postponed, um, postponed them last year till this year. And this year we ended up skipping over the ones we get postponed till next year to two years from now. So unfortunately we have not been able to have physical conventions and the real godsend for that. And uh, this was a member of the board, uh, Rhonda Keefe who had long time had a goal of becoming more interactive online, uh, took the leadership and helped us develop the create site, which has become a real mainstay for people uh, being active. Yeah, in I addition, love it. That's in an addition to that, site. name has, um, has acquired several Zoom licenses uh, that uh, can be used for meetings and for teaching, for uh, teaching events online. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have had classes, number of classes. We've had um, theme luncheons, you know, on a, on a theme lunch is essentially a group of people you meet with a theme luncheon uh, presenter and that presenter talks usually about what he or he or she has done in miniatures with some, uh, with a presentation and then provides a gift uh, to all of those present at a meal function. 
and that's why they were called theme luncheons. Those similar events have moved uh, online uh, within the create environment, and they're now called gift and gabs because we still the, the people still give a gift and there's still a presentation, but we don't have a meal to go with it unless you, uh, you run Bring down the subway ahead of time or something. Bring your brown paper bag, right? So can you talk a little bit, because I was on there and it's, it is a great site, but I loved it. There's, you can get lost on that site and there's so much to see. Can you talk a little bit about what a Sunday chat is and also a pod? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, well, let's just go with uh, Sunday chats. Uh, those, um, actually those are done by an individual and will have become associated, uh, Marsha Hudspeth and a wonderful, um, they're not an actual name event, but um, she promotes them uh, for name and many of the attendees to that uh, chat uh, on Sunday uh, afternoon are name members, others are not. And that's just, it's just a wonderful opportunity for people to, to go. They're now doing them on, uh, well, I guess they're still just online chats for that matter. Um, interactive, type your messages in. We do have a number of, we do have a number of Zoom sessions and uh, Marsha sponsors one of them. Uh, Debbie Young, a wonderful uh, name member and past president uh, has a session called Round To It's uh, on Wednesday evening. Okay, yeah. Gee, I guess, I don't know, there's some others, there's several, there's, we just seem to be blossoming with uh, Zoom activities uh, that are available for people to interact with uh, online. Now, um, I don't know. Is that enough of that? Because I'll go on to pods and there go another few. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'd love to know all this. I didn't realize there was so much, you know, when I signed up. <laughs> wow. Well, that's... I'll tell you, there's several <laughs> things I've been involved with and, and started. Pods were originally my idea. I'm, I'm proud, really proud of that. And the idea uh, of a pod came about because to form a name club, you're required by bylaws to get five people together. And, and that is oftentimes difficult. Uh, and historically, those five people have met physically and they usually start in somebody's house. And uh, we just were having a lot of trouble getting pods uh, started. So I said, uh, and uh, when you're a named club, you have to do things. You have to uh, make reports every year, talk about uh, uh, renew your uh, club charter, uh, be involved in a lot of activities. You, you must have, you must have a president. You must have a secretary treasurer. So there's a lot of things that it takes to do a club as much fun as they are. So I thought, well, what the heck? Why why don't we make something that's easier than a club, but still facilitates people to getting together? And so. Um, uh, came up with the idea of pod presented to the board. They were, wow, that's really neat. Let's do things. And uh, the original idea or my idea of a pod would be the uh, two or three people who maybe already meet. I actually got the idea because I was on the membership chair, uh, committee and I made a lot of phone calls as a result of uh, 
being on the membership committee. And one of the gals I called and talked to about members was in her mid eighties at the time. And she says, I can't, I just can't be involved in a club and I'm too old to travel, but I'll tell you what I do. She says, I have a friend in Canada, long ways away and I can't really afford to make phone calls. But what we did, and this would be years ago before Zoom and whatever, is we, we get on Skype and we point our little cameras down at uh, projects we're working on, on Skype. And every two weeks we get on Skype and we talk and chat for about three or four hours and we work on our projects and show each other what we're doing. And I thought, wow, that could be an idea for a pod. You know, people could, could uh, get together in twos or threes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in spite of the fact that they were sort of the motivation for me to promote pods, my original idea of pods would they, it would still be people in the community who physically got together and just met and they, they named themselves, uh, but they didn't have to report or do anything else. They just met, they were a pod and just give them a way to, you know, talk of a name, you know, we've got peas in the pods and, I don't know, all kinds of little uh, names. Now, the unfortunate thing is because they don't report, I don't know how many of those kind of pods there are. But what uh, what really happened and sort of took off is some of the people online says, well, let's do online pods. And we have a number of online pods and they sort of became, uh, I'll call them user groups that were focused on something. The first online pod, I think, was a Halloween pod. Okay. And the thing about all pods, you still are, to be along to a pod, you still have to be a name member. Okay. So that was a way for people online. So we've got a, I don't know, a Halloween pod and a Christmas pod and a, a porch pod and an unfinished projects pod. And each of those pods sort of evolved from the Facebook group. Okay. And um, they're separate groups they're separate facebook groups themselves but to be in a pod and and if you want to focus on porches for instance i think i'm the i'm the leader of the porch pod because somebody quit and nobody take I, it just, over. I just asked it um to join the facebook group so you'll have to accept me yeah <laughs> you won't even just, you but, won't even have to answer the question <laughs> i did i did answer it Okay. Uh, so are these all online then or could there be a pod in my area like they meet physically i know maybe because of COVID. i don't know of one that's in your area that physically okay. meets most of the well i will say i won't say most of the action because we don't we don't monitor uh, the pods you know i know there's a group of ladies in you know sioux falls south dakota four or five that meet i know there's a group in the san francisco area that's not a um a name club that that meets uh if if you wanted to, if you're meeting with two or three other people and you want to call yourself a pod you're welcome to do that all right if you want to join one of the online pods we every once in a while we post to the main facebook groups a link to those pods or you can you can search by topic and find them that's so cool that you started that it's got to feel rewarding to you know, have that idea to bring so many people together and I'm sure they enjoy it. So that's, that's really cool. So you said that there's 4,000 members in name. Are they mostly all US citizens or is it worldwide? 
Yeah, well, there's not quite 4,000 now, and that's not the point. Uh, they're worldwide, but most of them would be in the in the United States. Okay. Uh, uh, next to that would come Canada. And then we have ones and twos and threes. We have uh, some members from Australia. Uh, I, uh, when I was promoting the name Men's Garden Club, I talked a lot, a lot to men. And one time we were at the Chicago convention, uh, Tom Bishop, big Chicago show and walking down the aisle. And I said, Shannon, you see that couple walking towards us? I'll bet you I can talk him to, into the name Men's Garden Club. Absolute <laughs> stranger, but he was at a miniature, they were at a miniature show. <laughs> so I engaged them in a conversation and it turned out they were from New Zealand and they were um, reasonably financially well off. And every year they come to the United States when it was winter in New Zealand and they rented or bought a car and drove all over the country. Wow. And um, they were into miniatures a bit. And yep, I talked him into joining the name men's garden club and to name, they didn't even know what name was. Uh, and uh, I said, well, geez, if you're driving around the country, if you ever get to Florida, <clears throat> come by and we'll talk to you. And I'll be damn about four year, four months, not four months, a couple of months later, we had this beep, beep in the driveway and a knock, knock on the door. And there they were. <laughs> Wonderful couple from New Zealand. They, they stayed with us for three or four days. He was interested in uh, uh, garden railroad stuff, which turns out to be half scale yeah. in the miniature world. And he and I, we went around to train shops shopping for uh, train stuff for him. And I got somewhat interested but I figured out that uh, if you really get into garden railway, it's it's at least as expensive as miniatures. <laughs> and it takes up a lot of room. Now, my only miniature project, and it's unfinished, is a uh, caboose that I started for uh, some railroad stuff. And how many years? Or don't we want to know how many Oh, that's eight or 10 years ago. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get it up and hold it up in front of the camera. I said, here's my unfinished project. It's pretty good, but I'll tell you what, it's I, what I really learned is I'm not really cut out for for detailed work. I I love working with wood. Matter of fact, I just came in from outside building some signs for out in the park somewhere. But, um, and I say this sort of jokingly, but it's not all funny. I said, my scale of woodworking is two by fours. <laughs> and uh, occasionally I cut one short. But if I do, I, I only cut it short on one end. So that means if I were playing baseball, I'd be batting 500. There you uh, go. I like uh, that. Does I, your I, wife I, still create miniatures? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, she's uh, busy all the time and, and she volunteers uh, a lot for miniatures helping on the website. She's in the midst of teaching a class actually for IGMA uh, not name, not that she doesn't love um, name, but uh, this class was divided, I think, in three sessions, two of which were last weekend, and then the, f the final session is tomorrow. So uh, she absolutely loves teaching in, uh, in furniture uh, kinds of things. Uh -huh. She has a library of two or 300 books that focus uh, almost all on architecture and furniture. So 
She's got her own uh, resources if it's time for a new project. And she never, um, she hardly ever teaches the same project twice. So over 30 years and a couple of uh, three events a year, it's just a huge amount of different projects that she's gone through wow. uh, to do her work. I'll yeah, pick one of her classes. So how big is her collection? Just do you have a whole room dedicated oh. to miniatures? We don't know. We do not collect miniatures. She builds them and sells them okay. or she teaches classes. Okay. Uh, our collection, um, we have very uh, few, uh, I guess maybe she, she has a doll collection of maybe 20 to 30 dolls, um, you know, bigger scale dolls. Okay. I have, uh, you could count on a handful, um, a few miniature pieces that just absolutely struck me over the years. Uh, we used to have a really wonderful toy builder in name in the, in the miniature community. His name is David Krupel, and he lived here in Florida. Uh, went to uh, he was a, a name a member was on the board for a while. Just incredibly talented, and he did his work before laser cutting. And he uh, I was inspired by a little miniature train set that he built and so that was the first miniature I actually purchased for myself and I absolutely just love it to this day it's just a little circus type train and it's so incredibly detailed a lot of jeweler saws and painting you know now those things can be done in minutes with a 3d thing but I he spent he had to spend a week or so building this darn train set so I got that and then um a couple of other pieces okay. that, I, that I really like. Has your wife tried any of the new technology like the laser or the 3D printer? No, um, um, that just has an appeal to her. She yes. loves working in wood. Um, the laser, uh, she works in a one inch scale. Okay. So pieces cut uh, one inch scale in wood pretty much have a charred or blackened edge, which is totally unnatural. And it requires a lot of sanding to get that looking like a finished piece of furniture. Uh, lasers are fabulous for work that's going to be painted or they've bought a lot of detail to quarter scale, the smaller scale projects and it made it possible to really uh, build those scenes in smaller scales. but she hasn't really adapted it uh, quarter inch scale and uh, nor has she laser or 3D printing or um, or the, that sort of thing. She's got, you know, her collection of tools are still a scroll saw and, and uh, milling machines and lathes and that kind well, of thing. Where could we see her work? I thought you said she sells it, right? Does she have a online shop or anything? Yeah, she's a... Uh, that's right. It's just shannonsminis.com. Okay. And um, she doesn't have a lot of, I don't know if she, she probably has quite a bit of stuff there. Uh, she's, uh, in spite of the fact that she loves to teach, she loves furniture. Uh, she's much better known for the book boxes she builds, um, which are, are, you know, essentially hollowed out books with uh, with an interior built and lit so people could decorate them in a scene. Okay. And she's probably built, I don't know, 
She's probably built a thousand of them over 40 years. <laughs> she's always getting, uh, that's exaggerating, but she's definitely built a lot. That's so cool. Well, anything else you want us to know about NAME or you before we close it? I guess maybe tell us where one can sign up for NAME. What, sure, miniatures.org. Okay. Click join. Um, yeah. That's an easy thing. We generally, we would have links uh, to that from our create site from, uh, uh, I would say in our gazette, but you have to belong to get the magazine. So, uh, so some, just mine uh, yesterday, my first one. Oh, good for you. Good <laughs> for you. Yeah, I'm finding it. There's so much out there. I didn't, I didn't really know, you know, signing up, but once I got onto your site, I was, there's a lot of ways that you can get involved and ways to learn. So I think it's going to be really beneficial. I'm excited. Well, I'd love to see young people like you coming into the miniature world. Uh, as uh, name president, I'm particularly pleased that you joined name. But it's really much more important to be engaged, to inspire others, uh, to do things like you're doing with your blogs. I think that's a wonderful thing. I, I listen to, I've known Ruth Stewart, Ruth and Dan Stewart for 20 years and yet uh, listening to your blog with Ruth, I learned a lot more uh, than I knew before. So uh, oh, yeah, that was a fun keep up the good work. Yeah, it would be so cool to, you know, interview a lot more of the members of names. So maybe that future episodes, we can do that. That would be fun. Well, you definitely can do that. I mean, uh, uh, Bruce Steinke would be a good one. He brought us, he was a president of name has been an active for a number of years. They're just kind of getting out of the business now. But in the sense of the history of name, uh, he's got a lot of it. He brought us into the world of technology, computers, and our first website, that sort of thing. He would be a very good one okay. uh, to interview. Yeah. And I could give you, uh, uh, there's there's any any number of people you've interviewed. Uh, you've interviewed Ruth. Uh, Debbie Young would be good. Uh, Debbie also is a, is a really talented gal that, that makes a living doing miniatures. Uh, okay. Past president of name. Well, thank you. And so on. So. Yeah, look at all the future episodes I have now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. You're quite welcome. I really enjoyed it. It's nice to meet you. And hopefully uh, someday I'll see you at a convention or a house party. I'll be there. Well, I'll try. if I live long enough, I'll be there. <laughs> I said I'm I'm 77 years old, so uh, I just uh, enjoy life every day and uh, awesome. look forward to tomorrow every day. Is it going to be like a house party that I remember in college, or not quite like that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. All right. Well, you well Rachel. Good day. Thank you. Wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby.
because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Thank you.